So how's the elevator business? It has its ups and downs. <laughs> it's manners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions, hello, my dove. <laughs> hello, dear. How are you? Good. We're a little tuckered out. Yeah, it's still a little plum tuckered. It's been a while since Gen Con, but it was very action-packed. We had the wee babby with us. Um, and I think I got a little of that con crud. Yeah. Getting over Shaking it. a lot of hands, you know. Yeah. Shaking a lot of hands and I was just eating dirt off the ground. I mean, that'll do it. No one told me not to. And if there's no rule against it, I do it. You know, that's that, how I live my life. That that's explains. That's how I got that golden retriever on my basketball team. So much. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting over it. So if I sound a little, that's why. <laughs> Excuse, excuse, excuse. Um, Turn know, it on, McElroy. I'm trying to bring the heat, honey. It's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little backstory on why we picked this episode. So, when we're looking for topics, right, the first kind of uh, resource we go to is, like, what have we been doing recently or what's going on or, like, what's coming up in our lives. Right, so because... Teresa, Etiquette and manners are the way we navigate our world. Right. So with this episode, Teresa suggested this topic, and she said, because we rode on a lot of elevators this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny to me. I'm like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't like we didn't go to Elevator Con or whatever, but we did ride on a lot of elevators. And I rode on more than you. You probably- okay, it's not a competition. It is a competition, oh, okay. and I'm winning. Um but because I had the stroller with me a lot. And, you know, elevators are kind of the de facto thing when you have a stroller or something prohibiting you from using stairs or escalators. Now, let me ask you a question. And then we'll get into the etiquette here uh, in a second. But once again, one of the things we like to stress in this, we'll, we, I'll explain myself here in a second. But when we talk about etiquette, we're going to be talking a lot about, like, from our points of view and from, like, this is basic stuff, not like it's applicable in every single situation, but you are a much small person, smaller person than me. Yes. And you are a woman. What I am. Is, what's your experience as far as elevator etiquette up till this point in your life? Start um, at the beginning and go case <laughs> by case. I would say that I have had a fine time in elevators, not nothing too crazy, um, I think that there may have been one or two times where I felt bad about not being able to squish everyone we wanted to in the elevator. But you've never felt like intimidated by someone in an elevator, scared of someone in an elevator? Fortunately, I have not. I ask that because I will say that sometimes, especially if it's like late at night um, and I, like, I'm the only one on an elevator and, uh, and a woman is stepping out, I often feel worried that she is worried hmm. about getting onto the elevator with me and maybe that's completely perceived right but i try to make myself very small and i put myself into a corner 
And I often worry that in trying <laughs> to make myself less intimidating, you're like, don't look at I me, don't seem look at creepier, me. creepier, right? Like, I don't acknowledge this person. I don't talk. So it's just like, uh, uh, I'll be over <laughs> here. Don't worry about me. Please don't be troubled by me. Well, uh, I am fortunate that I have not experienced that. And I, I think that it's a good thing that you think about that. Because that shows real empathy towards others' experiences. And that sometimes is something that you can kind of feel in a room, you know? Okay, next question. Okay. Do you like riding on elevators? I don't mind it. See, I enjoy it. I get like, especially glass. This is, the irony here is that I am pretty afraid of heights. But there's something about kind of that roller coastery feeling when you have a glass mm. elevator that you can look out and it goes up really quickly. It's like, whoa, the ground. I do know that BB enjoys those. Yes, um, and so do I. BB and I have that in common. I do have to say that when an elevator goes very fast, I do often experience ear popping, mm. which I do not enjoy. I have one last question for you. Sure. Have you ever been in a scary, and trigger warning if you have problems with this, uh, elevator experience of like, being stuck in one or an elevator like dropping suddenly or anything like that there was that janky elevator at at the old cincy shakes yeah yeah where everyone just kind of accepted like hey if you have to make a quick change don't take the elevator right you might get stuck yeah yeah um because more i i got stuck in that just once and it was because someone pushed the door the door close button or something this elevator was so old that you could confuse it quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you we pushed somebody pushed the door close button, and it jo- jolted, and I don't think it was in between floors. I don't think that it had started going, but it was like, Wah! and then it kept going. I was uh, in a hotel in New York, and we were staying. I think I'm like the set, some like twenty twentieth something floor, very high up. And I was going up in the elevator, and about floor 15, between 15 and 16, it just dropped. Like, I would, no, I was there. I was not in the elevator. Yeah. But remember, you had gone down to the front desk or something? Yeah, I was, like, getting something for BB or for Charlie or something. And the elevator dropped, like, a floor and a half and then kept going up. And I got off the elevator, and I was very much in shock. Yeah. Um, and I called down to the front desk, and I was like... Hey, uh, so this happened, and they were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I just want to let you know. You probably want to check out that elevator. And then they sent up a very nice basket of snacks. <laughs> it's really great. Um, Did so, the basket of snacks include a note that said, please don't sue me? It Between the lines, <laughs> yes, definitely. It was more or less in pig Latin on there, yes. Okay, so let's talk about elevators. Okay, well, the first elevators were in use as early as the Wait, third, oh, you were gonna say it. The third century BCE. I would not have guessed that. I know, right? When I would have I guessed was, like eighteen nineties. When I was uh, checking this thing out, I would not have guessed that either. Now, are these like powered elevators, or are these like on a crank? Somebody. Well, like- they were operated by either humans, animals, or water wheels. Okay, so these weren't like motor. Well, not. Like I mean, we think no. Of. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's like <laughs> saying the first escalators were in use when stairs were invented. Okay. They're no, that's not things. true. It, mm, I don't know no. about this. Mm. I don't think if it takes. Okay. One, when we talk about humans beings doing it in the third century BC, I'm probably talking about like 
slaves. So that sucks. That sucks. And I'm thinking like if a human being has to lift you up to there, I don't think that counts as an elevator. That's just like a rope. That's just a pulley system. I mean. Is that all an elevator is? Yeah. An oh. elevator is a motorized pulley system. We'll get to that. Oh, my okay. God. Um, and notably, a very expensive, counterweighted manpower personal elevator was built for King Louis the... One of them. 15th. Okay. Um, in 1743. In Versailles, I assume? Yes. It connected his personal apartment with the apartment of his mistress, Ooh. whose quarters were one floor above his. Well, why not put them on the same floor? Um, because the, I guess they wanted to have some semblance of decorum. Ooh. I see. Okay. So then what you were talking about, uh-huh. uh, the 19th century, is when... Uh, elevators really start to come into their own because, like you said, it's just kind of an advanced pulley system. Um, So in 1823, uh, elevators were mostly used for things like transporting materials in factories or in mines or warehouses. They were mostly used for goods. Um, And they were often steam-operated. Okay. Which I think is pretty cool. Steampunk, you know? Yes. I mean, things are steam-powered and not inherently steampunk. I Like, when I look at a locomotive, I'm not like, <laughs> ooh, so cool. Look at all the gears. <laughs> but in 1823, two architects named Burton and Homer built what they called an ascending room. Okay. Why did we lose that terminology? I know. That's so much better, you guys. And it was basically just to lift tourists up to like a rooftop so that they could pay to see a panoramic view of London. Yeah. 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 The only reason elevators should exist is for people who need them, for tourists, mm-hmm. and to move a couch up to your oh. apartment. I know right. there are lots of reasons. That was just a joke. So in the 1840s, that's when we moved away from steam powered elevators into hydraulic elevators. Um, where instead of a pulley system, there is a heavy piston that moves inside a cylinder, which is operated by either water or oil pressure produced by pumps. Okay, so is it safe to assume that when we're talking about these uh, ascending rooms, which is what I will always be calling elevators <laughs> from now on, that these were still like with like the elevator operator in them controlling yes. us? yes. Um, I'll get to elevator operators in a moment. Um, when elevators really started being a house, I don't want to say household, a common, common thing. Yeah. Common occurrence. Common occurrence was after 1853, um, where inventor Elisha Otis. Oh, I recognize that name from all the elevators. All the elevators invented a safety device to keep, uh, an elevator from falling in case a cable broke. Whereas before, if a cable broke, like you just like plummeted to the ground, right? Bad news. Um, And so he patented this device in 1853. And this break is used in modern elevators. Now, he was an inventor because that's not what I was led to believe by the movie Kate and Leopold. Mm, Well, In the movie Kane Leopold, Otis is the name of his, like, butler. 
Mm. When was the last time y'all watched Kate and Leopold? Listen, his name could be Otis, but... I thought it... No, hold on. I thought in the movie... Hey, everybody, welcome to our Kate and Leopold fan cast. (laughs) We have watched it a lot. I thought in the movie... No, okay. Leo Schreiber went back in time, brought back Hugh Jackman. Uh I thought Hugh Jackman invented the elevator. No, even he didn't invent the elevator. He talks about it in the scene about how monks use it, use something like a floating birdcage to get up into their monasteries. So, like, he didn't invent the elevator either. But isn't he the one who makes the break? Okay, we're going to have to to pause the podcast and go watch Kate Leopold. All I know is when Hugh Jackman doesn't go back to his time, all the elevators stop working. That's yeah. all I know. And that totally tracks. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, he manufactured this elevator. And um, by 1857, he had installed a steam-powered passenger elevator in a five-story department store in Manhattan. And it was the world's first public elevator. Okay. Whereas before, I, I assume that these elevators were used for businesses and they were used um, in, you know, private residences and hospitals or, or things like that. So this was the, the first public elevator. Okay. Sorry, I'm looking oh. at like world's fastest elevator and world's highest elevator. I'll get to those in a second. Okay. So then towards the end of the 19th century, like a lot of things, they became electrified, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so this is kind of the elevator that we know of today with like the buttons and such that so does it, not require an elevator operator. Right. So that was my question. So right. the electrification of elevators, is that what... Because it used to be, right, now I think we think about elevator operators as as being, like, this weird kind of niche thing. But, like, it was like landing a plane kind of thing, right? Like, you had to stop at the right time. Yes, there was a a handbrake um, that an operator would use to slow the car at, at each floor. Um, and parking then, a car would have been better. I sure. said landing a plane. Well, parking a car, I think, makes a lot more sense. And and this was really something that was needed for steam power or hydraulics, where it was not as you know um, an exact sort of science, where the power is always coming. Whereas with um, alternating and and direct current, you can stop the the electricity from from connecting right so you had to have an elevator operator uh, who operated the brakes and also the doors they usually had two sets of doors right so there was the door of the cage of the elevator and then there was the door that opened into the room that you were in going into Um, and so One of the things that they had to do in order to get people to use these elevators is they had to rely on advertisements and marketing. Um, There was a good, a long, good PR campaign that showcased um, older ladies, you know, your grandmas and uh, children and and parents taking elevators that were operatorless. And even in these operatorless elevators, um, when you would enter, there was often kind of like a, a loudspeaker that would tell you, push the button of the floor, 
the elevator is moving now. Floor three, you know, that kind of thing. And this is also probably, so my friend Dubin and I have, like, this weird thing that you know, like, hopefully now that I mention it, you will notice it too, which is all of these things that you know about, all of these references, even though you've never done or seen or been in the thing that is referenced, it's just from Looney Tunes. Uh-huh. Right? And this is, like, the third floor, you know, women's lingerie, and, like, and mm-hmm. like I'd never been in an elevator that ha- I just knew that joke from Looney Tunes. Yeah. You know, same as, like, the big hook that, like, pulls people off vaudeville. Like, <laughs> it's Looney Tunes. I don't I've never seen a vaudeville show where that happened. Anyways... That I actually recently rode in an elevator that had an elevator operator. Oh, wow. And it was at a really old theater where we did a live show. Mm. And they had, it was like an eight floor theater or whatever. And basically, the person was just there to push buttons. There was no handbrake or anything. And it did make me wonder, why are you here? (laughs) But that person, you know, was getting paid to be there. So. I believe in jobs. I'm a jobs creator. And another reason um, why there are a lot less elevator operators now than there used to be is because there was a strike that happened. Um, And unfortunately, their organization did not prevail in the strike. They were pretty much just phased out by the self-service buttons. Oh. Yeah. Hey, do you want to know what the world's tallest elevator is? Sure do. It's... According to Guinness Book of World Records. Now, granted, I think this was like back in 2016, so this might be different now. But according to Guinness Book of World Records, the tallest one, and actually, I wouldn't have even thought about this, but there is... Okay, so it's in a gold mine in South Africa, and it's not above the ground. It's below. Below the ground. There's one that goes down. So when you say tallest, you mean longest. Sure. I mean... Sure. If you stood them side by side, it's like the world's tallest mountain is underwater, right? So, like, I still count that as the world's tallest mountain. All right. Um, the So there's two elevators, one that goes down almost 7,500 feet, and then a second one that you go down from there that goes down 11,800 feet, which is over two miles. Okay. Okay. Two miles. I think I can understand what that means. But how much is, like, that in floors? Like, if you were riding the elevator. Um, so, I usually think of stories okay. as, like, 10 feet. Okay. Right? So, if that would be uh, 1,180 floors, roughly. And, this, so, and the first one would be 7,500? Yeah, about 750 floors. Oh, wow. Yeah, And right. do people ride these? I mean, yeah. Um, according to this... Each day, the lift ferries 4,000 workers down to the mine, 120 workers at a time, in three-level steel cages at speeds of up to 40 miles per hour. Whoa. So, but basically, this is like a vertical train system, is what it is. Yes, but what you've just described, you could also describe all elevators. No. Yes, no. like a freight elevator. Well, because it has three different... Um, cars. Cars, right? So they're all connected, unlike a regular elevator, which only has one car. Were you talking about like on the same shaft? Three cars? No, it's cars? like the same car. It's just divided into three levels. So that way you can fit more people without a wider car. Okay, but that's not the fastest. Uh, anyway, anyway. It's not important. That has nothing one. to do with etiquette. The fastest one, and once again, this is as of 2016, um, is in Japan, 
and it travels uh, at 45.8 miles per hour or 73.8 uh, kilometers per hour, um, which is is fairly terrifying to me. <laughs> um, and to give you an idea of that one, that one's in Shanghai Tower, which is 121 stories. Wow. Right? So a little less, <laughs> a lot less, one-tenth of the the tallest or the longest. Um, he says as he glared daggers at me. There's just big elevators, okay? <laughs> Can we just deal with the fact? What's the tallest building you've ever been in? Uh, well, we've been at the Sears and now Willis Tower. Wait, have you been up it? Yes, I have. Um, uh, I think maybe that's the tallest building I've been up. But that elevator doesn't go straight from the bottom to the top. It's true. You know what the tallest building here in Cincinnati is? The Carew Tower. The Carew Tower. One of my favorite things about it is you go up like 45 floors in an elevator and then get off that. Then you go up a very tiny elevator for three floors and then you take a set of steps to the top floor where at least every time I've gone, an old lady sits at a desk and is very surprised to see you. She collects $2. She collects $2 to go out where there is no safety rail. Please be careful on Carew Tower. It is very lovely. It's a very good view of Cincinnati. Um, So... Before we get into the questions and such, let's do our thank you notes. Hey, everybody. I would like to say a thank you note to Squarespace. And here's the thing. I'm not going to say it for sponsoring us. I mean, don't get me wrong. Wait, hold on. (laughs) Jump back. I do appreciate them sponsoring us, but that's not why I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you because of how much they have helped me over the years. I have found Squarespace um, to be an incredibly useful and efficient tool that makes me look so much smarter and more capable than I am. Because with Squarespace, I can build a website and even better, update and change and improve a website without having to know anything about how websites work. Um, Sometimes I do it just for fun to see like what different things I can do. You built a really cool website for all the McElroy content, right? That has like tours and I don't know what else. Lots of stuff. Yeah. And my favorite thing about that is when it first started, I was just going to have it be like, here's the things and click here to go to it. Right. And then once I started building it, I was like, oh, this is so easy. And I just kept kind of expanding the website to also include links to upcoming shows. And here's how to contact us. And here's everybody's social media. Right. Because it was just so easy to add those different elements to And I'll tell you, my other favorite thing about it is not only are they incredibly, like, their customer service is amazing, but, like, if you Google Squarespace plus the thing you want to do, you will find, like, countless YouTube videos and, like, web pages on how to do even more amazing stuff. It's so incredible. Plus... They, you can do like powerful e-commerce that lets you sell things online. They have these beautiful customizable templates. It's customized for mobile right out of the gate. Um, and you can buy domains. So like it'll help you find the right domain for your website. It, it's free and secure hosting. It's, that Justin McElroy is always buying domain yes, names. Yes, Justin has far <laughs> too many. I think he owns more than anyone else in the world. Um, so go to squarespace.com slash schmanners. That's S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code schmanners, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, you know what? What? I'm not afraid to say it. 
Okay. I like socks. Oh, bold. Yeah. And this week, Schmanners is sponsored by Bombus. Oh, it's connected to an ad. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were just like, socks. <laughs> and they make the world's most comfortable socks. This last weekend at Gen Con, I wore their socks underneath my walking shoes. And let me tell you, they were fantastic for a few reasons. First of all, they have this kind of like honeycomb, elasticy business around the arch, which is very important for me because I have high arches. Um, and I find that that is a place where like my foot gets kind of grody because the sock doesn't always touch it. Um, but with the honeycomb, it was the moisture was whisked away from my foot. Um, I also like that they have. I think you meant to say like whisked away, whisked, but whisked, you said whisked, whisked as though the sock went come with me, moisture, <laughs> and got it out of there real quick. Maybe it did. Um, Maybe it did. Um, and there's this awesome little thing on the heel that I really like. There's like an extra little, I don't know, just like a cushy little bump or something. I don't know what it's called, but it's really great at keeping my heel of my sock in the same spot, even when the heel of my shoe is kind of moving around a bit. So my sock doesn't disappear into my shoe. And I was very, very happy about that. Did I will also say I'm a bit of like, I'm, I'm a bit choosy when it comes to socks. Because I want a sock that is, you know, that doesn't feel too bulky, but is still really, like, comfortable and and soft, you know. And all of these things is to say that this is Bombus. Like, it fits well under a shoe. It doesn't feel bulky. But it also, like, feels, it feels nice. It feels, it feels nice. like a warm blanket. You know, what else is really nice. Bombus donates one brand new pair of socks for every pair that they sell. So that means, to date, they've sold and donated over 7 million pairs of socks. That's a lot of socks. That's a lot of socks. For people who need them. And Arch Manners listeners will get 20% off of their first order when they go to bombus.com. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com. And you will get 20% off your first order. Once again, bombas.com slash manners and enter the code schmanners. Kardashians. Michael Cohen. Hashtags. Clickbait. Memes. Oh. <laughs> Debunking. Rebunking. <laughs> Regular sized bunking. Bodie McBoatface. Do any of these words make sense to you? then maybe Trends Like These is the podcast you should be listening to. We put an episode every week on MaximumFun.org. Hosted by me, Travis McElroy. And me, Courtney Enlow. And me, Brent Black. Trends Like These on MaximumFun.org. Because with Trends Like These, who needs any memes? Ah? Uh? Ah? Uh? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're Everything's, Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. We are a Simpsons podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, and we've got some exciting news. Ooh, tell Ooh. me. We are going to be doing some live podcast shows in some of our favorite cities. We're so excited, and we want to let you guys know out there in the Max Fun universe that we are coming to you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. On Saturday, September 15th, we will be at the North Door in Austin, Texas. Yeehaw. On Saturday, December 1st, we will be at the Alamo Draft. 
Craft House, Sloan's Lake in Denver, Colorado. There's no basement in the Alamo. Mm, we'll find out. Friday, <laughs> December 7th, we are going to be at the Vera Project in Seattle, Washington. Oh, God, the Nirvana. Yes. Okay. And Saturday, December 8th, we will be at Mississippi Studios in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Matt Groening lives there. Yeah. Or once lived there. He, he still lives there in our hearts. So um, make sure that you mark your calendars for those dates, and we will be posting the ticketing links on our Twitter. That is at Simpsons Pod, and we will smell you later. Okay. We have lots of good questions. This one comes from Steve. And I say that because they have spelled it with two E's right next to each other. And I like that. Steve. You know? Anyway. Nice. It's fine. It's whatever. Is it acceptable to put yourself into the opposite corner of the elevator when riding with a stranger? Or is that seen as antisocial and uncomfortable? Um... This is actually something that was mentioned several times in my research, and it is actually recommended that two people in an elevator should stand on opposite sides of the car. You should fill up the corners of the elevators first because of uh, the principle of personal space, because it's such a small place to cram people into. If when you can make the most of the space that you have, it really puts people at ease. So it's not creepy at all. Yes, you can squeeze yourself into the corner and they can squeeze themselves into the corner and the next person to get on can have another corner. And then everybody's happy. Uh, this is from Carriage Return. What do you do when you're in the back of a crowded elevator and have said, excuse me, and the people in front of you won't move? I think that you just uh, hmm. start moving. That's what I do. So, okay, let's talk about a little bit of background for this. Um, If you find that the elevator is crowded, the floor before your stop, it's probably advisable for you to say, I'm off next or this next floor is my stop so that people can prepare themselves for you moving out of the elevator. And after that, I mean... Once you have announced your intent to leave, you just got to push through. Here's what I do is I kind of think like shark fin, right, with my right hand. And I kind of go between shoulder blades Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. One, that's a lot less than like me trying to shove my very wide shoulders through everybody. And two, that way, at the very least, you can like hold the door open, even if you're still getting through people, right? But sometimes people have headphones on or sometimes people are looking at their phones or they're just so in their old own world, they're not purposely ignoring you. Sure. Right? So you don't want to be seen as aggressive. So that way it gives them a little like peripheral cue if you're like, oh, this is me, right? And it's really easy to quickly turn that shark fin into like a finger, you know, like, oh, this is me, you know, kind of <laughs> finger in the air like, whoa, it's a lore. Listen, I know it's dorky, but that is exactly what I would do. Oh, ma- oh my. Oh, goodness. Look at that. My floor. Do we have questions about holding the door and getting out of the elevator or should I expound? Well, we got a lot of those. Okay. So maybe it'd just be good to do, do like a general. Okay. Well, so another thing is that according to elevator etiquette, if you are at the front of the car, it is advisable that even though it is not your floor, for you to step out and place a hand on the side of the door to allow people uh, behind you to exit. Um, not only is this a way to make sure that the person in the back can exit. It also like makes everybody in the elevator kind of 
breathe for a second because there's enough room and time for that person to get off. This is the thing. It's, it's really easy sometimes in this world for your sphere of, of awareness to become very small. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me when people don't, when the door opens and they don't think, well, somebody probably needs to get off here. Yes. Like that is how elevators work. And sometimes, you know, it's a false flag. Somebody pushed the button and went back to their room or whatever. But like chances are something's going to happen on this Sometimes floor. public elevators in hospitals open at every floor. Right. And so just have that moment of like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to give this an extra second. Hold this open. We're good. Okay, thank you very much, right? And like yep. Yes. Oh, also, this is another good general rule that I see people not do and it's bonkers to me. And this is a good rule of thumb any like door opening, door closing, like a subway or a tram at an elevator or an airport and an elevator. Let people off first mm -hmm. and then you get onto the elevator. So don't stand right up next to the door, right? Give it you about stand three or four off feet. To the side, yes. Right? And then if nobody's getting on, you can step or if no one's getting off, you can step on. But like at this point, especially in a hotel where you have like you might have bags and a stroller with a baby in it just hypothetically <laughs> and someone's like standing right in front of the door it's like okay cool i'm getting off at the lobby <laughs> like this is so just step back a little bit let them off and then you get on oh also along the same lines as long as we're doing just general stuff once you get onto an elevator especially if an elevator is kind of starting to fill up a little bit Try to condense as much as possible without standing on top of somebody else and making sure that you are respecting personal space. For example, take off your backpack and place it in front of you or put your um, briefcase to the front of you or place it on the floor. We also got a lot of questions about like how many floors before you should just take the steps, right? Mm -hmm. And one, I think that if if you – okay – if you, for whatever, like, health or medical or physical reason, need to take the elevator, I don't care if it's a three-step to get down. Like, take take the elevator. Don't ever let anyone give you a hard time about that. That Absolutely. is horse apples. Um, and I also think this is another one of those where you are asking the wrong uh, factor. It's not how many floors. It's what time of day. Oh, really? Yeah, and let me tell you why. Especially, think about this, like, in a hotel, right? Mm -hmm. If you know that checkout is 11, between, like, 10 and, like, 11.15, it's going to be a long wait for the elevator. That's true. Because everybody's going to be trying to get on and off. So save yourself some time and maybe everyone else a little time and just take the stairs down a floor. You know what I mean? Or, like, if it's at work, right, and you work on the second floor of a building and it's, like... 8.45 and you know work starts at 9, right? But if it's like 2.30 in the afternoon, like you're not going to slow anybody. You know what I mean? Like it's like rush hour, right? Like, okay, you could ride your bike, but nobody's going to be on the Just drive. It's fine. You know what I mean? Now, that's not to say there isn't something to be said for getting extra exercise and, you know, getting your blood pumping a little bit, especially later in the day or whatever. But if your concern is people are going to glare at me or I'm going to slow everything down, yeah, if it's like 4.45 in the office and you know everyone's looking to go home, 
that's where I would be like, you know what? I'll just take the stairs and won't worry about it. Anyways, that's my advice on that. Um, mine is very similar. I would say that um, one or two floors is something that I think that um, really will only take an extra, what, 30 seconds, minute for you to do the stairs, um, assuming, again, that you are able. Um, and, I mean, that extra minute, 30 seconds... Would you want to spend that inside a hot box? Here's the thing, though. I will also say this. You can't tell by looking at someone if they have issues with stairs. That's true. And this is just good rule of thumb of, like, if you're – I don't care how frustrated you are or how late you are. If you see someone get on a stairs and you're like, or an elevator and you're like, well, they're not in a wheelchair or on crutches or whatever, like, you don't know. You don't know what's going on with them, so don't be don't be a judgmental jerk like we always say on this show, <laughs> and I've definitely said a hundred thousand times. Um, so this question is from Liam: What do you do when you accidentally get on an elevator going the opposite direction you need to go? Um, I think that there are two options for this. If you have the time, just ride it on around. Yeah, that's the good news about <laughs> elevators, Liam. Eventually, it will be going the right direction because they can only go, unless you're on a walk it's only going to go so far the wrong way. Um, but if you are on a time crunch, I would recommend just getting out at the next stop. Like, just get out at the next floor and push the elevator call button for the right direction. I mean, you're you're... I mean, like, if it's a huge elevator going to, what did you say, like 120 floors? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you ride it on around, it's going to be twice as long. But if you get out at even the wrong floor and pick the right elevator, you're back on your way sooner. Um, I also want to say more and more, um, and this is uh, as someone who uh, I've said many times travels a lot, um, you may find more and more there are these elevators where you enter the floor you are going to. And then the elevator just takes you directly there. There are no buttons inside the elevator. Yeah, we had one of those when we were in Hawaii. And I bring this up because I want to warn you, fellow travelers, <laughs> so that you don't do what I did, which is to just stand in front of it and then step back out and look at someone who worked there like you're a ghost who's never seen an elevator before. <laughs> So just be aware that sometimes you have to put it in beforehand. I did that trying to catch. I was getting interviewed for something and I was like rushing to get there. And I was like, what do I? Huh? And I was just like, because like, there were no buttons inside panic. the He's elevator. Like, you just put that. You push it here. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it was a very stressful experience. I'm sorry. Dear. Um, Let's see. This is from Kat. How far away from the door does someone have to be before it's no longer appropriate to hold open an elevator door? What if there are other people in the elevator? I would say use your best judgment um, as far as like their proximity to the elevator. Um, and gosh, you need to look I had at their to, eyes. If I had to quantify it, I would say 20 seconds. Here's the thing. <laughs> if you have made eye contact with this person. You have to hold the door. Okay. Two. I don't know that it's a proximity thing. Once again, I don't think that's the factor. I think it's an urgency thing. If you've made eye contact with this person or they have noticed that the elevator is about to close, go for it. But I do think you make an excellent point, Kat, which is if this is an elevator full of people, right, and they've just walked in the front door, you know, 20 yards yeah. away. No. no like, deal. okay, cool. They can just wait for the next one. There will be – that's – 
the other good news about elevators, there will be another car eventually, right? So it's not like, sorry, see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, but I think that if, I think it's stone cold to make eye contact with someone <laughs> while and the they just door stand there like, sorry. Um, There's like, actually debate, and I found this in several places on the internet, debate as to whether the door close button actually works. I... I would almost guarantee nine times out of ten, it does not. Mm, that is the consensus around the internet. Um, and that is a, uh, a thing called perceived control mm-hmm. that puts people at ease. It's the same with like most crosswalk buttons don't do anything. They're programmed to go on and off at the same time. They're programmed to throw off the walk signal every time, right? But you push the button so that you can feel in control and not stress out about how long it's taking. But the door open button does work. The door open button does work, yes. As, as does, like, I don't know, jumping over cars. Don't do that. No, don't do that. that doesn't work. <laughs> in fact, that doesn't work. Um, let's see. Okay. I'm going to do one more because this is super important to hit. This is from Gil. What do I do if an elevator gets stuck between floors and I can climb out but others can't? Do I go get help? Do I wait patiently with others for rescue? Here's the thing, Gil. And I stress this for everyone. Never climb out of a stuck elevator. It is incredibly dangerous. And I don't mean to freak you out. So if you're like, no, 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 Travis, then turn it off right now or skip ahead like 30 seconds. But you never know when it will suddenly become unstuck. And it Mm -hmm. might even drop a floor or two and chop you in half. Or at the very least, hurt you very badly. Yes. Do not climb out. Use the call buttons in the elevator um, to let people know where you are. Um, a lot of elevators have alarm buttons. They have emergency stop buttons. They have even uh, handsets that you can call pe- uh, the operators on. So stay in the elevator and just ask for help through the normal channels. Right. Do not climb out of a stuck elevator. Um, unless it is an absolute emergency, like if somebody's hurt or there's a fire or anything like that. But if it's like, well, we just need to wait. Then don't. Um, okay, well, that's going to do it for us. Hey, I want to mention something that I thought was really cool. Okay. Uh, several elevators in the mid-1800s were built with seats in them. How long do you think? Two seconds, and I want to sit down. So yeah. I don't care how long it is. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, mm, like I I, I would take that, ev- like one floor, and I want to sit you down. You would sit down? Lo- my life is moving from being able to sit down in one place to being able to. <laughs> I once told a younger actor that the key to acting is anytime you're on stage, you're looking for a place to sit down. And he kind of laughed. And I was like, think about your own life. And he was like, oh, you're right. And like the next day <laughs> he was in, he was like, that felt so natural. <laughs> like I just sat down as much as I could. It's like, yeah. And if yeah. you can't sit down, lean on something. It's what everyone does all the time. And he was it's like, true. you're right. <laughs> Sitting down rules. Which is probably the reason why, uh, the collective of humans usually faces forwards in an elevator towards the doors because usually these seats or these benches were along the back wall. I always also think it's a wonderful trick when you get in an elevator and you walk in one door and then like the back of the elevator opens up and you're all facing the wrong way and you're like, oh, oh, mind freak. Okay, so that's going to do it for us. Two really super duper important things. First, Schmanners is coming to London. We're going to be at the London Podcast Festival on the 8th of September um, at 7 p.m., I believe. You can go to bit.ly Schmanners London, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S, London, all lowercase, 
and get tickets there. It's already, I think, about two-thirds sold out. Um, and it's not that huge of a theater. So when I say two-thirds, it's not, there's not that many tickets left. So if you want to grab tickets, get those. And then also, Schmanners is coming to New York Comic Con. We're going to be doing a short Schmanner, like 20 to 30 minutes, and then like an hour, hour and a half of kind of a variety style show with a bunch of friends coming to it's going to be amazing um and that one if you go to bit.ly slash mcelroy nycc you can get your tickets there that's october 6th um i'm super excited about both of those shows especially london we've like when i say we i mean mcelroy's have never done a show in london before so i'm super excited about super it. excited um Let's see. Oh my what. gosh, what are we going to talk about? <gasps> if you have ideas, send it. Have we done tea before? We did. Oh man, have we done crumpets? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done cricket, have we? Oh. I don't know. Now I just feel like we're being reductive. All right. <laughs> okay, we'll figure it out. Um, let's see what else. Um, there's the Adventure Zone graphic novel is out now. If you haven't gotten it yet, it is a New York Times number one bestseller. If that kind of thing matters to you. Otherwise, it's just a really great graphic novel. You can go to theadventurezonecomic.com or to most fine booksellers and get it there. I'm very proud of it. I think it's very good. It is very good. Um, I can't think of anything else. Hey, Go to uh, iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe us. Tell a friend, a neighbor, um, an acquaintance about this cool thing. Uh, you can join our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. And that um, banner was made by Keely Weiss Photography. So thank you very much for that. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. Um, and you can submit ideas. You can talk to other fans. You know, you just have a great time. Have a great time. And if you have ideas for topics, email us SchmannersCast at gmail.com. Um, oh, and we always say thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. And thank you to Brent Bruntofloss Black for our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are sold. And we're still working on some Schwinger's merch. We got a little backtracked because of Gen Con and San Diego Comic Con. Oh, but it is going to be so be cute. Super cute, y'all. Uh, but that's coming soon. Uh, join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.